0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Supported by thegeldedn.com. To browse and buy vintage lead shirts, player signed prints, and classic memorabilia, go to thegeldedn.com. The Square Ball. By the fans, for the fans, since 1989. To buy the magazine, read the blog, and to download the podcast, visit thesquareball.net. It's
2: celebration time. After six long months, the party can finally start. GFH are the new owners of Leeds United, an exciting new era lies ahead. Isn't the 21st of December the end of the world? Ken Bates is going to be What? This is podcast fifty-seven. Welcome along, and I'll welcome along Michael. Hello, Moscow White. Hello, and Oddy. Hello, will One's back for this podcast, which is good news. Sent his replacement back off. Sorry Another year older.
3: Hard. Yes, happy birthday. Thank you. I'm not sure if I mentioned it last time or not that I had a birthday coming up. You did say. I think we'll, have, I? we'll have to
2: check your rings, see how old you are. Chop <laughs> you in half. Do you know what? Your rings. <laughs> chop you like a tree, ah, like a beautiful mature oak. How old are you now? Do you want to tell the podcast, or not should we? Really. No, okay.
3: I've just yeah. got his card. Do you want to tell everyone about the card I made for <coughs> you? I've just tweeted it, actually. Oh, okay. It's a lovely picture of Norabati on the <laughs> front. Dear Odie I bet you fancy Nora Batty because she is really old. And so are you. Yeah. Happy birthday, love from Moscow. Kiss.
1: And never let it be said that I I don't value your, you to your true worth. I
3: will spend that 50 pence yeah. wisely. There's, there's, some, t- there's some cash in your card. Enjoy it. taped
1: yeah. it in the in the front cover.
2: Of course, Nora Batty, famously David Batty's grandma. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, right then, tell me about issue four of the magazine. It went on sale, didn't it, at the weekend?
1: Glad the takeover was uh, completed just in time <laughs> to, uh, to not make it <laughs> into that- any of the magazines. Magazine
4: The Bastards It made a bit in We, we, it, we yeah. snuck a little bit in at the front
1: I got somebody on um, Twitter on Saturday morning When we were promoting it Asked me Was it printed before the takeover Or was it all completely out of date As I said well all the bits that aren't about the takeover 100% bang up to date <laughs> No problems there yeah, they, would, they were always going to do it on a Wednesday before we had a mag out. Well, we'll talk more about the takeover in, in part
2: three. We'll give a quick rundown of the stuff that's in the mag as well towards the back end of the podcast. Um, issue five will be the Christmas issue and the takeover issue, so that'll be uh, quite easy to fill, all things considered, I would imagine. When's that one coming out for?
4: It'll either be the Chelsea game or the Middlesbrough game when we decide if we can get it
1: done. It depends. You've, you've got to prove it to us. Do you want a magazine on a midweek night? Because we can never sell many. And it's colder as well. Mm. and darker. We've got our sellers to think about safety. Health and I've been and at work all
4: day as well and then have to go and not sell any magazines and then watch Leeds get beaten by Chelsea. It's going to be fairly awful, really. So.
1: Might just bang it on the head and do it for the Middlesbrough game. Well, it'll be sunny and warm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, OK, well, you can get full details on that at the squareball.net. Uh, subscriptions and uh, digital copies of the magazine, of course, available on there, as well as the printed copies. We'll post them to you or you can download them. It is entirely up to you. Let's do part one then, right away. That is white-watching and uh, three games. We have the Millwall game away, which took place on Sunday, the 18th of November. The Palace game on the following Saturday, the 24th, followed by last night's game against Leicester at home. Let me be the first one to say that I wildly, wildly predicted on the last podcast that we would get six points out of nine. And what did we get?
1: Let's face it, it was a Bradley Johnson shot in the dark. (laughs) You got lucky ones. This is your Arsenal moment. replay it over and over again. It was just like a lucky dip on the lottery and my
2: number's coming up. That's what happened. And it happened. We got the six points. But it is, honestly, it's just the sort of stupid thing that we do when we're on the worst run of form to come up against the league leaders. We'll beat them and then we'll beat the third place team and then we'll lose to somebody really shit after that.
1: Or before that, in Millwall's case, Mm. we didn't look. Well, it was getting a player sent off seemed to be, it was just, from that point onwards, it was, here we go. Again, at least we kept it down to one. I mean, that, that really, turned it, it
2: really turned it just after half-time because we'd, we'd put in a fairly decent shift, I'd argue, in the first half at Millwall without really creating any chances. But that really threw There were out. not really any chances
4: in the whole game as far as I can remember. I don't recall them having very many. They scored one. They did score that one, <laughs> but that was cheating because it was when we had ten men, All right. mm. which is
1: not fair. Do you think Luke Varney saw that as like an opportunity just to resign? But that was his resignation. Or is he cursed? Is he just fated never to be liked at Elland Road?
2: It's worth saying that um, in one of my games on Football Manager, I was very surprised, well, I think actually the Glazers were very surprised, to find that they bought Luke Varney for approximately £60 million the other day. It was such a shock to their system. <laughs> That's this year's Profits creamed off.
4: Gone, thank you very much. Have you learnt nothing from Cantona? <laughs> He'll probably <laughs> change the, the whole state of
1: that club round.
4: Without Blair- actually cheating, Man United bought Paddy Kenny on my game
1: which was curious. Well, they're, they're odd with goalkeepers so I many around but was it um, Taibi that mm. they had? remember that Italian guy and then several others.
2: We are blurring the boundaries between reality and fiction here. So uh,
1: He was definitely yeah. real. Uh, back to Varney. Is Varney real? Well, we don't know. That's a very interesting metaphysical question. Well, ask Adam Smith. He certainly seemed to feel something. Do you think he deserved to
2: be sent off because he kind of clocked the man first, didn't he, and then raised his arm? Should have hit him
1: harder.
4: Yeah, you want to get value for money if you're <laughs> going to get sent off for Algo and someone. <laughs>
1: It all subscribes to the theory that Luke Varney can't do anything right. He looked at him, and obviously something went on in his mind that thought, I know what I'll do. I'll elbow this twat right in the face. And instead, he just kind of... Well, no, because <laughs> when you're when you playing, <laughs> <and then he laughs> it's all done on instinct,
2: isn't it? It's not, it's not done on her. Right, I've, there he is. I'm going to raise my arm now. You just do it. Normally, I'd
1: agree with you, but watching... If you watch the footage of that in real time, it looks like a slow-motion replay. I don't know if Luke Varney is just that crap, but it was kind of, uh, he's backing off, and it's not a subtle look round. It's a whole body like, huh? yeah. oh, mm. he's behind me. I mean, Smith I've go got with- a few options here, like a cigarette So well. <laughs> <laughs> I Smith- could challenge for the ball. Smith- it's coming my way. Smith- and I'll have to hold him <laughs> off.
5: <laughs> or
1: <laughs> I could take uh, the easy way out. And just knock him. I've got an elbow here. It's been with me all my life. Just to let you know, by the way, you're listening, that um, Moscow's holding a fake cigarette
2: now. And he has be been the, be the kind that. of teapot arm <laughs> yeah. on the go at the same time. Um, Smith did go down like a sack of shit, is what I was going to say. He did. Um, and he started giving it the big one on Twitter afterwards, didn't he? Because he, he played for us once, didn't he? He did, yeah. for a couple of times. He came on loan, didn't he, from Briefly. Spurs, but very brief. Everyone's played for us. He, he was loaned in. In, in every game, He was loaned in. people who've played for us. He was loaned in just before Grayson got sacked, wasn't he? And that's what kind of did for him. He went I back to Spurs when Townsend went back, didn't he? Mm. Like a lost little Well, he joined in, didn't he? The planet-sized headed tit um, on Twitter. Just couldn't help. Didn't really say anything ridiculously stupid, but they were just, you know, baiting hooks for Leeds fans, which you would think is probably not the most professional thing to be doing.
1: His existence is just a, kind of a, an irritant in New Yorkshire.
2: So what we're really saying is that if you're going to get sent off, make it worthwhile. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like
4: Leonardo's elbow at the 94 World Cup. Do you remember that? Where he nearly removed the guy's head. <laughs> Value for money. Yeah. Take, you, take three matches for that, fair enough. I can't, yeah. I can't complain, the game's face is a mess. Joking aside,
2: it, it is worth saying that, because if he's going to get a red card, yeah, do make it worthwhile. Yeah, Don't make it contentious, because it probably was a red card in my opinion. He could have shattered but...
4: his eye socket for that kind of a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um
2: And yeah, the inevitable late winner. If you followed this on Twitter, if you didn't actually get to the game, you would have seen everyone say, oh, you, know, you just bloody know it's coming, don't you? You know it's coming, you know it's coming, and then...
1: Yeah, most of the second half, it was, just, it was a matter of when... Not if. Although I did like that brief moment of hope that um, Michael Tong gave us with the free kick <laughs> right on the edge of the box. Oh, could this actually, could this actually happen? Oh. Has that landed That's, yet, that ball? Yeah, yeah. That it, it's weird. As he gets fitter, he gets shitter. <laughs> when he turned up and he hadn't played for three years and he could barely move, he was actually, he looked really good, but since he's actually got up to match fitness. We've trained
4: it out of him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, was a, he was passing and stuff to begin with. Which I don't To be fair, having worked under Warnock and Pulis, I've no idea where that's come from. You
1: should have known better. You'll have had Ronnie Jepson, will have uh, taken Beats, him. Beaten it
2: out of him with a stick <laughs> at Thorpe Arch. <laughs> Stop passing. Um Just going on to Colin. Of course, he got charged by the
1: FA for his comments after the match. Was it his comments? <clears throat> I thought, because I was reading um, the impulse of the penalty today, it was for his behaviour. Rather than his comms. It was because he went on the pitch and he told all the players not to shake hands with the referee. Oh, really? Uh, Who was? No, it wasn't O'Reilly. It was. um, Who was the referee? (laughs) Derso. It wasn't Derso either. (laughs) It was that Flash Gits. It was a Premier League Flash Gits. And anyway, Premier League.
2: And I can see his face. (sighs) It was. I think it was. Phil Dowd. The Dowd.
1: Phil Dowd. The Dowd. Yeah, so the Dowd has got all uppity about. But I wanted to shake hands with. Why is everyone obsessed with shaking hands? Yeah. This was never an issue, was it? I mean, it, it, Well, but I suppose it does become an issue if Neil Warnock's wandering on the pitch and he's standing in front of no, <laughs> nobody, nobody touch him. Uh, which, But a, re- a mature referee would go,
4: I don't give a fuck. A mature
1: or an immature referee would have been stood behind Warnock going, fucking don't care anyway. Up yours, flicking, the, players. flicking the V's.
5: <laughs>
2: anyway, he accepted the charge, but he's not accepted the penalty. So that's all very confusing. Cause he's asked for a personal written hearing, I think, hasn't he?
1: I think they had that today, and they they
3: charged him two hearing?
2: grand. I don't know. He's, he's asked to respond, and he's doing it in writing. Who cares? I'm not bothered. It's not that interesting. <laughs> um, this is <laughs> more even, interesting.
1: I don't actually. Before before we do move on, the I don't actually know what his massive problem was. I mean, the, the sending off was maybe a bit contentious, but the referee wasn't. He wasn't like obnoxiously terrible. That it needed him to,
5: but Colin, us- Colin <laughs> deflecting.
2: That's how. Yeah, I was, just, was, I was going to say Colin name, is a master it? at deflection. Absolutely, it's exactly what I was going to say. I agree. We should with you have totally.
4: had a penalty as well, but it's the sort of penalty that oh, this yes, should generally be given in book. most games, where mm. there's people just holding in the box. This was there's holding. Jason and Pierce, was holding. Jason Pierce does it every single game, so we probably should not complain. No, much. Sometimes
3: the only way you can keep up is just to <laughs> grab hold of people. Just manhandle people. We should also mention the atrocious police behaviour on the Leeds fans. Heading to the ground when, uh, under a hurl of batons and bricks and God knows what being held at Leeds fans, a Leeds fan hid behind a police horse and was then whacked on the head with a truncheon.
1: It's the worst game of hide-and-seek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found a really good spot here. Oh. Well, the
2: good news is I think the FSF are, uh, are looking into this and they're awaiting witness statements and so on. So hopefully... Justice will be served. I oh, wait, the
4: police statement which states that he uh, was assaulted an officer prior to the event and was looking to do it again. I'm sure that's what their statement was. Yeah. say. He'd
2: headbutted the police horse or <laughs> something, yeah. Uh, moving on then, onto one of Colin's former clubs, Crystal Palace. Um, top of the table, Crystal Palace. Ian Holloway managed Crystal Palace. Ha! Pa. Well, first things first, it's worth saying the whole place felt a lift from news of the takeover deal being agreed and it carried over into the match with with the loan signings of Tate and Thomas
1: and and we reject the league table we endorse beating palace we do i've never felt such positivity and optimism in such an empty stadium <laughs> <laughs> before it was quite uh, it was quite exciting yeah and i wasn't very used to seeing players with pace in white shirts we're not used to seeing our team pass to one another. That's also become a bit of a novelty, hasn't it? That was pretty good. I'm not used to seeing... Well, I'm becoming used to seeing the game being bossed by a teenage right-back, which was also quite exciting.
4: Nice to see a pacey number nine as well, as opposed to um, Billy. Big old <laughs> big old Billy.
1: He's a little bit more mobile than the painter man.
4: <laughs> he did look a bit unfit, I thought. He was, he was quite good when he had the ball, unless he was just not particularly interested yeah. when we didn't have the ball. But um, he, he certainly offered something. Some, it's something that, as a defender, you would... You would think we'll have to keep an eye on him, whereas with Becchio and just Juve, you kind of know they're not going to run.
1: I've noticed with Juve that hes I think he's accepted that he can't run. If he gets the ball now near the centre circle, his tactic is to move a bit and then fall over. He's just completely (laughs) stopped any pretence of being able to run, because there's never anybody in front of him. Becchio's normally in his own little world. And yeah, so he just runs a bit and then tries to get fouled. He's due
4: to be our um, top scorer, according to you, Dan. You said an a, 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 as yet unsigned number nine will be our top goal. He's on loan; he doesn't count. I meant a permanently signed number. You'd nine. better really hope We've that it is January. him because he, the season's ticking on, and becchio has got quite a lot of goals. Did I say nine? I meant ten. I think. Oh, yeah. you, all right. Okay. Existing number ten. Yeah,
2: a couple of scrappy goals in this game, but of course, you know, we'll
1: take them. It was a it was a uh, almost a bicycle kick from Becchio. <laughs> into an open the goal he, from a yeah. yard out. The way he took that, it was a spectacular... If, Reminiscent if, of
2: Marco Van Basten in 1988. If
1: Wayne Rooney had scored that, they'd still be talking about it at the end of the season.
2: You've got to be in it to win it. It's a good goal. Really good to see us dominating the game. Probably one of the big things we could take out. A of this. bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a bit.
4: It was, a, it was an even sort of game, I would say. And obviously, they, the error led to our opener, which is the sort of thing we generally do. Mm. But no, considering we were playing top of the league and they have a player up front worth 20 million quid or whatever they're saying is worth
1: all their strikers really were pretty frightening every time the ball came forward they did look lively yes. yeah and I was, I was I'm was, i amazed we kept them down to one and I'm amazed that Byram handled Zahar as well as he did had to move him to the other wing go and have a go at Peltier who again went in Peltier's pocket for a while then came back and it was funny as well because Byram seems to be like going forward our most creative player he was playing right back Danny Alves
4: I said it yeah the most part. <laughs>
1: I, I saw a brilliant tweet. Somebody
2: described uh, Peltier as our false number three. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot.
1: Uh, it got a little bit squeaky bum time, didn't it? Um, towards the end with that five minutes of injury time. Especially when I had um, Michael on the phone. Are you leaving yet? Come on, get to the exits. It's time to go. There'll be traffic outside. Can't be hanging about. Where are you? Come on, oh, You've become so, pr- so practical since you got married.
4: It used to be get dangerous. Lowfields Road, it's dreadful.
1: And then mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised. I've got, to get, I've got to get to B and Q because obviously I ignored all this. <laughs> There's a sale on. If thro- I, thro- I do stay
4: to the end of the game, I just get right by the exit, and then when the whistle goes, I just run right to the car.
1: But what I liked as well was as I made it uh, as I strolled down Lowfields Road at my own pace. <laughs> um, well, after after stopping to applaud the lads off, shaking hands with all the stewards. And the and the ticket staff and the program sellers as they were packing up and uh, anyway I knew I knew you would have got in the car and driven to the top of Lowfields Road and that's exactly what you'd done. So that's why. That's why. I just got in the car with Oddie yeah. and that was uh, an
3: adventure we had. <laughs> what happened? To your car broke down, didn't it?
1: In fact, I'm going to make a note of that for uh, Villain of the Fortnight because no, so you're uh, you're young and it was a perfect. Not so much stop. the car's
3: fault, but yeah, mm.
1: we'll we'll come on to we that. We'll come yeah. on to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: So on to last night's game against Leicester, um, third place Leicester. Another ground out win. I mean, this is the good thing. I I caught the first half of this because I was driving down to Derby last night. I caught the first half on Minster. You can get Minster surprisingly far south. You know, you can get it down to about junction 29, 28 of the M1. Very useful. And then just retune the radio to BBC Radio Leicester about halfway through the first half. So it was really interesting to get the game from their perspective and hear their bias attached to the match. And they've got a, a co-commentator on there, Alan Young, who sounded exactly the same as Eddie Gray. Same dour Scottish approach, which was very entertaining. It was a bit confusing as well, although it was slightly comforting in the same breath. Anyway, they were basically saying that um, we'd imposed ourselves on the game and on Leicester and
1: not let them play.
4: When was the last time we held a lead for that long? A miracle.
1: A clean sheet is also a rarely sighted beast. Because you would presume leads are scored in the,
4: in the third minute. And there's only, and that's the only goal we've scored. I would presume we've not won. If I just, if I only knew those, <laughs> if, if I only that. knew those two facts, I would think probably two-one, three-one defeat. But no, actually, while well, I was watching the second half on Twitter, like you used to in the olden days, you'd of
2: course watched it on CFAX, would not you? But Fax was better. The <laughs> lack of detail, brilliant. Yeah. And the, well, it's the fact that you used to cycle through three pages of scores yeah. on CFAX, so yeah. you, you thought oh, it's coming back round page two of three.
1: No, no goals. And then it's not, it's not yeah. loaded properly. Football as it happened. Yeah. A
2: while back. <laughs> <laughs> But I actually found it quite hard to watch on Twitter last night. I found it quite nervy. So I spent most of the time not watching it and just hoping for the best.
3: Well, they didn't look all that to me. Well, this uh, is what I am saying. Uh, We've got to
2: give ourselves credit because this yeah. is what the, the, the BBC Radio Leicester commentators were saying, that we, we didn't let their engine room start, apparently, whatever that is. Their midfielders, I think they were referring to. <laughs> yeah. Physicality.
1: Yeah. Do you think they just had the big book of Warnock team cliches that they were just going through? <laughs> it's Warnock's team. It's 1-0 and they're winning. What do we say? Rash. Rash, rash, rash. There wasn't much rash, rash, rash from us. But, you know, we'll, t- we'll take
2: these one nils. I mean, it was a bit of a blow, wasn't it? Um, losing Thomas, because he's a bit knackered, and sticking Brown on you instantly kind of think... Ah. Like for like. Yeah. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> thinking back to the Palace game when he took, uh, he took Thomas off and brought on polion and then took polion off for Brown, I assumed it was tactical, but now I haven't seen him just cut polion out. I'm wondering if maybe at the Palace game he just, he just made a mistake... Can't tell them apart. Sent the wrong player on. He was only about <laughs> 10 minutes later when he put his glasses back on. He's like, what's, what's Paulie on? Brownie? Why, why are you sat there and not out there? Bloody hell. Get the, get the boards up. Don! You're never supposed to be out there. It's quite a
2: conservative move, wasn't it? Considering we were only 1-0 up and we leak goals for fun.
3: Yeah. And also the linesman, Both linesmen were absolutely appalling last night.
2: Well, it's funny, listening to uh, Radio Leicester, they, was, they were kept saying, well, I don't know what the home crowd are getting upset about. <laughs> what? It's the correct decision. <laughs> Becky O's offside again, which we know is pretty accurate. Yeah, so Alan Partridge working
3: yeah. for uh, Radio Leicester.
2: What, wasn't far off, yeah. Uh-huh. But it was, they were, they were saying, it's the right decision again. Why are they getting so upset?
1: Because it's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if, they, if those offside decisions were right or wrong. Yeah, the point they is that They were all you, irritating. Yeah, and, you, and you, the crowd exerts influence on the officials. I'm right? not going to have a go at Luciano for being offside. It's what he does. I'm going to have a go <laughs> at the linesman for not playing along with it.
3: Mm. Uh, you were annoyed for uh, Becchio's beautiful goal going round Schmeichel, which a goal he never scores won't be uh, accounted for now.
1: Yeah, that was a, a disaster. very annoyed, actually. <laughs> I was very drunk, that's why. <laughs> Possibly. So all in all, things on the up... Not on the down. This is a good thing. Uh, Wasn't it the lowest attendance for about thirty-five years?
2: Things on the up. <laughs> um, six it's points. A... Six points from nine, as I told you. Uh, we're now fifteenth with six points from the playoffs, and crucially, eleven points above the bottom three. So we are on balance heading in the right direction. We just need to keep the, uh, we're the momentum the going. We're gonna win the league. You know, it's funny to think that we could actually double the number of people inside that stadium if things continue in the right direction, given the right conditions. Anyway, warm weather. Uh, all in all, then, are we happy? Are we feeling more optimistic now? Yes. yes, It's good we to see... We
1: don't sound convinced, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is good to see Leeds United win, and they did it twice in one week.
2: Moving on to the news now in the Square Ball podcast, let's talk about trialist transfers and speculation first. Um, as we've touched on in the first part, we've now got Alan Tate from Swansea on loan and Jerome Thomas from West Bromwich Albion. In summary, then... Tate Rock Solid, Thomas Fast.
4: Yes. Both free. Well, of general. course,
1: yeah, they're the free now, aren't they? Yeah, I forget mm. that, the
4: loans. Now we've got um, new owners. Loan signings actually don't cost anything.
1: It's, it's surprising that if they were so free, why we had to wait for an injection of capital from our new owners to buy them when they could have just injected some air and if you are listening and you are taking heroin while listening to the podcast if you see any air don't inject it
2: but <laughs> probably best that you don't inject heroin to be honest as well <laughs> that's,
4: you, that's yeah, so we true. should
1: say that hey we're not we can't make every decision for them <laughs> <laughs> can't <spoof> me, <laughs> you can we come on
4: Spook, yeah, um, yeah.
1: oh god <laughs> <laughs> so to speak but yeah so we could surely we could have had these had these before now if they were that if they were free but let's concentrate on the no they're entirely free I'd have had him around my house. I've got jobs need doing. <laughs> well, um, that's always been Ken's other thing, is if they're not signing for clubs to be paid nothing on loan, then they're just on the dole getting, getting what is it? Job seekers 90- 90- on yeah. Watching Jeremy Kyle. And getting paid for it, yeah. whereas they'd okay. much rather come to Leeds United and work for nothing.
3: And mm. plus, these two players haven't actually played for a while either, so it's not like they were they've both been out of sorts with their clubs.
1: No. So. They look good. I mean, it was a bit worrying noticing that Alan Tate had once been Federico Bessone's understudy at Swansea. Not the best indicator, but would we have would we have uh, Jason Pearce back in after his suspension? Well, this no. is the beauty of having what you
2: might term a squad is <laughs> that it will create competition for places, which is again an, another novel concept.
4: Oh, big squad! A big squad um, means it's hard to keep people happy. <laughs> yeah, and oh. goes against you because Peter Lorimer told us that a while back.
1: You just have to look at Paul Connolly. We're building up to another Paul Connolly situation here.
4: So we don't want any new players, that's what we're mm.
1: saying. Oh well, no, we do need new players because as Peter Lauren will also tell you, you do need that extra little bit of quality and uh, one or two extra players in in crucial positions is key well, that's, to any that's, promotion well, The, the conclusion
2: from that is that we, do, we both do want and don't want any extra players. And okay. they do
4: cost money and also don't cost
1: money. Yes, we, we want to pay some moderate amounts of money for players that don't cost anything. Mm. I think that's that's And the we've key. achieved that.
4: Yes. It's
3: a
1: win-win. It's the uh, it's all the business acumen that uh, our new owners have brought in that they're able to immediately unlock. Um so Tate, very vocal, something we've perhaps lacked at
2: the back because even though we've got the likes of Pierce in there, Tate perhaps a slightly older head, a bit, bit more experience at a slightly higher level. Um, do you think he's a step up from Pierce?
1: He's not made any thigh high late tackles as yet that I've noticed. Every team does need a psychopath, though. We've got a couple, but... True. And we kept the clean sheet. He's
4: better at centre-back than Kisnobo and Paul Green, which seem to be (laughs) our other options.
1: Yeah, but again, this big squad situation, I mean, what was Kisnobo be thinking? He'll probably be causing trouble at Thorparch now. (laughs) Paul Green will be stomping around saying, I came to this club to play centre-half. What is this clown you've signed on loan? Am I not good enough? Uh, There's an opportunity for somebody to do an Australian accent here that we've we've just swept by. There could have been barbecue jokes galore. We haven't mentioned Kizomba for months. We should leave the, ra- the racist accents in uh, <laughs> podcast
2: fifty-six, I think, or the nineteen-eighties, whichever it's up to you. Okay. Um, we also got um, Jerome Thomas from West Brom, and he's injected pace into the side, something that we've lacked since we've sold all our pace to France and never replaced it. Despite Ken having said recently that he thought the squad was ready for promotion because Neil got this many players in, it's because you bloody sell them all, Ken. That's why we have to get lots of players in, because you get rid of them all. It's <sighs> like um, somebody
1: with a leaky bucket. Yeah, um, I keep pouring water in, but it doesn't get any more full.
2: But yeah, running up players is something we, we've sorely lacked. It's that outlet, isn't it? Because we see the ball lumped from back to front, it doesn't stick, and it comes back, lumped yeah. from back to front, it doesn't stick, it comes
4: back. Now we can yeah. lump it over the top, mm. and there's someone who might catch it. Or we can go for massive cross-field passes and hope, the channels and hope that he gets on them. A big raking ball that he can <laughs> run
2: after. <laughs> Oh, we are far too cynical. Aren't we? <laughs> and he's been brought in under instructions. If you heard his interview um, after the weekend, Warnock said to him, just go play your attacking game. Don't worry too much about defending. And that's why he was interested in coming along. Cause he said he wanted to stay at WBA mm. and fight for his place. But having spoken to Warnock and of course had a look around the facilities, etc. They are excellent. But yeah, apparently Warnock was the uh, the overriding
1: factor. He said, come in, just attack. Didn't he, didn't he say the same sort of things about Snoddy, though, that he was going to unlock his, his free attacking potential? He, he, like has, I've seen him. he has. He's released him. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> he's like a butterfly and he's opened the window.
1: He's he, let him go. He said after that one half against Doncaster when he he must have been taking smack. And it was that whole thing about, you know, Luciano Becchio is going to be completely trans... He's going to be a man-mountain and Snoddy. I don't know why he's been playing on the wing. I'm going to put him in the hole and we'll, we'll be playing three... 2-7 or something was going to be this, and then he never did any of it. He just okay. he just did his usual thing. All right, well, we'll uh, we'll set up to be secure at the back and we'll just hit it at Becchio up front. That'll have to do. Sticking so, Snodgrass
3: in the hole, was that Norwich? Yes,
1: Norwich being the hole. It is a bit of a hole, to be honest.
3: Don't agree with the pedestrianisation of the town centre
1: either. Few do.
2: And on to El Hadjidouf. There's still whispers about his contract situation. Indeed, those are the whispers of his contract situation crazy talk of 18 grand a week emanating from Ellen Road last night, if my dad is to be believed. Was your
1: dad smoking Mary Jane? <laughs> is, is this the drug podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody keeps saying crazy drug-induced stuff to me. I'm just speaking truth back. Do we want... Do Frank talking. Do we want Juve on a contract? Frank talking, no.
4: Isn't he meant to be on about... Five grand a week
1: now? Yeah. Somewhere. Well, that was all he went to Doncaster for. Um, that was all with the view of if he's good for Doncaster, he'll get a better contract at a bigger club that will pay him more. But he, came, he also came and into Leeds on poor terms.
2: Poor terms, didn't mm. he? And just to get going again. But obviously...
1: Five he, grand is obviously the poor terms in question. But
2: he obviously wants, um, you know, something a bit more secure. More gold cars. Indeed, yeah. I think it's chrome now is his car, isn't it? It's not gold. His wife's anymore. is gold. All right. His, hers is gold and his is chrome. I believe so. Yeah. Do we want him? Back to the question. For
4: the rest of the season, I think it'd be stupid not to. But I think beyond that, I would worry because it would be a Warnock signing, he's over 30.
1: He can't run.
4: He would be probably difficult to get rid of if we signed him on a decent wage. So I'm quite happy to have him to the end of the season because he has been one of our better players this year. Although, admittedly, it's tailed off recently. We've not got anyone else who can do what he can do. Whereas over summer, I hope we can find them. I
1: think 18 grand a week would buy better. If Ken Bates thought that having Paul Connolly out of the side and grumpy was disruptive, I think the <laughs> point when El Hadjouf is out of the side and grumpy, we may, we may see something different entirely. He's been decent, but I think there is something serious to be said about the fact that if he gets the ball in the anywhere near the halfway line, he, he can't move anywhere quickly enough to do anything with it. We And for that kind of money, hey, we're oil-rich billionaires now we can do better than this
2: let's talk about luciano then one player who is ours and on a contract
1: and, and cannot be bettered
2: a couple of things to note about him uh if you haven't seen this if you're not on facebook but it's, it's done the rounds across all the social media there's a brilliant picture of him that was taken in Billy's um of him holding a piece of a4 with the words cost less than Berbatov" and i score more goals on it which i think is absolutely fabulous but he also went onto one of the uh, the unofficial leads facebook pages and and uh, commented on it, and as a result found himself with over 2,000 friend requests. Do you think he regrets that
1: move? He'll <laughs> probably have muted those emails when I turn off notifications. Did anybody try to add him?
4: I've not tried to add him. No. I'm still friends with Dominic Polian, though, after he, after he friend requested me. God, look at you in the movers that. and shakers. Yeah, no, I couldn't believe it. I was thrilled. He's probably deleting me now. He probably just wanted to look at my pictures and deleted me, you know. <laughs> not Again. Again. <laughs> Also about Luciano, 70 goals to
2: his name now with the uh, penalty that he scored last night. And he's now closing in on the top 10 spot for our all-time league goal scorers. Lasher is top with 168. Uh, In 10th place is Arthur Hydes. Do you remember him, Oddie? No. Uh, He's got 74 and Beckford is 11th with 72, uh, Luciano being 12th. All
4: right, he's scored a lot of his goals at a low level. He's not not a chance to score him at a higher level. <laughs> no. It's not no. fair on him. I'm but sure he would have sure scored 72 in the Premiership. He'd been
3: playing with the
4: likes of Michael Doyle and
3: lesser quality players. It's a miracle too. that he scored any at all. Exactly.
4: But yeah, it's,
2: it's a good achievement if he gets himself in that top 10. Cement his place in history. Because you get a sense now that a lot of players aren't going to stay at many clubs for enough years to score a lot of goals.
1: That's it. With Luciano, we've had loyalty, work and goals.
2: Of course, last night against Leicester uh, marked the first anniversary of Gary Speed's death. Hard to believe it's been a year that's passed so quickly and, and a very emotional reaction uh, in, in the build-up to the game last night.
1: Yeah, it's always a funny... Uh, you don't really know what to do with um, anniversaries, but I think the um, the first anniversary, he was right to uh, the the video montage again and then there was the chanting on 11 minutes, for 11 minutes again. And uh, we're never going to forget him. And neither should we, and so it was quite a... It was only a shame Robert Snodgrass wasn't there to knock a goal in on the 22nd minute.
2: Hmm. I listened to the uh, to build-up of it on the way down on my journey down uh, down the motorways last night, and I was passing Ellen Road on the motorway, actually, just when they started playing the uh, the tributes that uh, Yorkshire Radio had received like last year. I did find myself getting a little bit emotional and thinking, what a sad, sad waste of a life. that Only, you know, 42. Hmm. Very, very sad indeed. Uh, moving on then onto uh, an anniversary of a completely different kind, Eric Cantona. Uh 20 years, can you believe this, 20 years since we flogged him off to the scum. And that didn't work out for him, did it, eh? <laughs> hey, we had the last laugh there, didn't we, eh? At least they haven't dominated football for 20 years. Well, it's, yeah, the whole thing's loaded in their favour, isn't it? Sky TV money, Far East TV rights. I was giving him good players for not much money. <laughs> yeah, We didn't need Dennis Irwin back. We didn't need him. So why did Howard ring up and ask for him back and just, yeah, of course you can have Eric. £1.3 Yeah, that's fine. Because about they were ready to pay about three times that, weren't they, at the time, which was uh, quite a lot of money back
1: then. I don't know if they would have paid it for him. They were going to pay it for David Hurst. I don't know if anyone would have gone that high on Cantona. I don't know. It looks bad in retrospect, and it looks bad within about by the time they'd won the league. But I can't blame Howard for doing it. He hated the bastard. Of course he wanted to sell him. (laughs) He wouldn't have flair, would he? We did not have flair in that team.
3: Could no, but have... it's going back to uh, Connolly being a disruptive influence when he's not playing. I'm pretty sure uh, Cantona was 100 times worse than anything Connolly can do. He was a
1: disruptive influence when he was playing. Dave Simpson's book about the last champions has some great stuff in it from Carl Schutt in particular about Cantona. One, that when Cantona came back to the club to play at Ellen Road, Shutt says, he, he, "I twatted him, <laughs> and I took great pleasure." He said his face was a picture, and I took great pleasure in it. He basically said, "There's nothing worse than somebody like him when everyone else is working the bulks off to get in the team." And then the other thing he says is when he's telling the story of uh, of the goal he scored, the goal that Carl Shutt scored um, in the new camp. He said uh, he was quite nervous going on, but he was, you know, he was ready to do it and I think he said to uh, David Rocastle that when he he said when I get on there I'm going to score I'm going to run to that corner so he had that little plan he was saying yeah I'm going to score I'm going to be fine but then he said when Cantona uh, flounced off the pitch being substituted he came off all hoity-toity and he, and he basically it, it shook shut up he was like what the fuck's up with him so he went on the pitch with his confidence had just gone from sky high to watching this pretty Went through the floor So he went on In a a nervous state And then scored a great goal So it just wasn't It wasn't When you build the whole team Around hard work And Honesty It's not just a matter Of fitting him Into a formation It's a matter of Fitting him into a philosophy And If uh, Alex Ferguson Was prepared to sell out His principles And beliefs just for <laughs> Eric Cantona. Just Fine. for 20 years of success. As far as I'm concerned, that success is all founded on uh, hypocrisy. The Square Ball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com.
2: Shall we have a little chat about this here takeover then? Um, oh. Because I had to cut a 10 minute section out of the last podcast because it was massively overdue and late, but we blathered on about the takeover and we were hugely cynical. But now we've got a completely different angle on it. It's been done. And we're no longer
1: cynical. I was
4: going to say, I suspect we're all still quite cynical.
2: Well, (laughs) it's in our nature, isn't it? But let's deal first of all with what we know. So what do we know then? Completion date of the 21st of December this year, which is the shortest day of the year, of course. And Mm. it's the end of the world, according to the Mayans. End of Ken's world, maybe. Uh, We know that uh, Ken is to remain as chairman until the end of the season and then will become club president, which we will discuss in due course. Um, David Haig is now a board member. Salam Patel and Hishram el Reyes will join him by the turn of the year once the deal is done. How do we feel about all this then?
4: I suspect you lot were all a bit the same as me when you heard, you all went, it's gone through.
5: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Let me
4: definitely... read, let me check this. <laughs> oh, Ken's staying on us. His... Hmm. And then he's, oh... I'm not sure about this. Well, let's add add to the has anything changed. (laughs) Let's let's add to the known facts first, because of
2: course this uh, this (laughs) evening, just before we came to record this, there is a new update on the club ownership situation on the website. um, Which let's just don't need to read the whole thing out, but just put into layman's terms. It made no sense to me.
1: In layman's terms, I think the first thing to point out is that we are still a member of the West Riding County Football Association. That has not changed. Well, Um, I'm relieved. Right, so Leeds United, the football club, has been owned um, previously by Leeds City Holdings in in the Virgin Islands, I think, is Leeds City Holdings is uh, where they keep a, a cash box and a, an address. And now that company, it used to be owned by various people, mostly Ken, through FSF, who was owned by various people, mostly Ken. Um, and now there is a new company called LUFC Holding Limited, which is not at all confusing when uh, talking about it in connection with Leeds City Holdings Limited. So the new one is LUFC Holding Limited. It is holding, cupping LUFC (laughs) with its um, hand, which is based in the Grand Cayman Islands. that's a whole new country for us to think about. Um, And that now holds uh, 33.33%, or in layman's terms, a third third (laughs) (laughs) of the issued shares. Um, And they are a wholly owned subsidiary, of GFH Capital, which is based in Dubai, <laughs> so um, and then GFH Capital is itself a wholly owned subsidiary of Gulf Finance House, which is based in Bahrain. No shareholder in Gulf Finance House holds um, over 10% of its share, so there's got to be at least 10 of these people. Um, and then so and then so they own 33.3%, <laughs> which in layman terms is a third, and they'll acquire the other 66.67%, which um, in layman's terms, it's two-thirds held by the the other people have still got um, on the 21st of December, which, as we discussed earlier, is uh, the, end the, uh, the end of the world. So, basically, GFH have bought a third and they'll get the rest later. Will they, though? Because it's Ken. <laughs> and what have we got now? So, we've gone from our clear-as-mud ownership structure, which took in um, the British Virgin Islands, Nevis. Uh, there was a guy in Monaco, um, not just Ken, there was Donald Manasse as well.
0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
1: Other people, Switzerland. There was a Switzerland connection as well with FSF, of course. And now we now we're just focusing in. On the Grand Cayman Islands, which is owned by a company in Dubai, which is owned by a company in Bahrain, which is owned by at least 10 different people who we don't know who any of them are. Ah, Good times, good times.
3: So we need David Conn to do as a map of the world and sort it all out again. Do we feel a little bit more comfortable with this
2: lack of transparency? I mean, it's not lack of transparency. We know ultimately that this company previously existed. It's not some shadowy organisation that nobody is uh, prepared to identify
1: I'm not very comfortable with I would really? prefer to have names of owners and also you've got to bear in mind that 10% is the point at which you have to pass the fit and proper test so we're only oh, by to be named. Yeah. Yeah.
2: However, GFH are stock market listed that's not GFH capital but the mm-hmm. parent company of them are stock market listed so they have to be transparent about their ownership and why
1: aren't they being transparent about well, our ownership
2: But this is like Russian dolls isn't it it's, it's where do you stop and this is with a tiny little one <laughs> yeah and this is to uh, this is to obviously
1: to satisfy football league regulations about making he's, clear your uh, ownership structure are suggesting that we're owned by Pussy Riot they're Russian dolls although I expect the, their extreme brand of feminism would expect, object to me describing them as dolls <laughs> it's as plausible a theory as any other Pussy Riot somebody suggested that uh, Peter Ridsdale might be one of the owners that's just a scurrilous lie but god it would be it, it would be hilarious if true
4: Clearly, it would be nicer if we were just owned by a company which had one shareholder who was who was Mister Mister Jones, who's been brought up in Leeds all his life. Oh, it was the local
3: mill—that'd be yeah. lovely. Not
1: that Mister Jones, David. I don't think he'd particularly want to buy Leeds now. But no, you're right.
3: Unless he wanted to run it in the ground like Ken did. No, sorry.
4: <laughs> <laughs> at least we these new people are not known liquidators of companies as Ken is. The plus Uh,
3: is There's a League United fan Fronting it
1: Yeah that was great Great (laughs) with
4: Ridsdale I'll listen to you
2: (laughs) Look um, We can't deny that The club's been given a lift um, because this sounds horrendously negative and probably doesn't reflect the general mood. If you if you go on Twitter or anything like that, uh, forums, there seems to be a real general overall lift in the mood of Leeds we fans. We didn't
3: lift the attendance on Saturday.
2: It didn't, but I mean, this is what really actually pisses me off about this whole thing is that people, some people are getting a bit high and mighty about the crap attendances at Ellen Road and think just because we've signed two loan players and won a couple of games... That the damage done by Ken Bates over a sustained period of nearly eight years now can be undone overnight. And people don't understand that this, it's not just, it's. people say, oh, well, people use Ken as an excuse. It's not just Ken. It's about the whole club and the thing, the environment that he has fostered, the club he has created, uh, because it doesn't feel like Leeds United anymore. It feels like his plaything, And I think there's a lot of work to be done by GFHC to undo that. And I think, and like to think they probably recognise this and will set about trying to do so.
1: Well, they did start... I mean, it is a bit cheesy. We are leads at jfh.com or whatever the address is, but can't deny that...
2: This was the appeal for ideas and suggestions, wasn't it? Yeah, To implement.
1: <coughs> Although, I was, well, you no, know, yes. It, and it's a good idea. I, I hope I hope they'll maybe formalise it within the club down you know, the actual supporter engagement lines because people have done a lot of work about how supporters can be involved in their football clubs. I don't think just an email address will cut it long term. But to have that on the first morning and be right, come on, start talking to us. It's, it's funny because, I just sorry, just to interrupt you there, I was going to ask, do you think it's just a PR move? Do you think that's the,
2: the underlying suspicion?
1: Well, they have been very PR-ish. They're very
2: slick. Very they? that's, and people, I think, particularly Yorkshire folk, are suspicious of that sort of thing. Yeah. David Hager's
4: airbrushed pictures of himself He is a, on his he, website. He's
1: a very different looking man in the, in the real life it um, looks
4: quite it looks quite craggy from the pictures t- snapped of him from the cop looking up to his I looking up to his box that sounds <laughs> slightly, slightly odd into his own body. is he but, an Escher painting it, but you know what i mean yes i'm i'm suspicious of anyone who's that image conscious that they would choose to have airbrushed photos of themselves, mm. and I
1: would say while um, I mean Ken's never worried about that. <laughs> he used to see the the raw meat that's just hanging off his face with his um,
4: twenty-year-old fur coat, um, yeah, which I believe is probably proper fur.
1: Oh yeah, he'll have, he'll have kill that coyote himself. It, it'll be
2: no, it'll be dodo <laughs> fur. It will be.
1: And while all the the Twitter stuff is is good in a way for the engagement, I've got to say I did not really enjoy. Salem Patel playing the, oh, it's all collapsed, oh, we've bought it after all game on Twitter that morning. I did think perhaps there is a more seemly way of announcing a takeover than than poking one last jab in the eye of a journalist who's pissed you off there was that little personal game going on with the, the announcement of the takeover and it would have been much nicer if it had just been an announcement, maybe even a, a press conference, something like that.
2: Yeah, I think you have to remember though, and, and whilst I'm very reluctant to endorse what Ken said about anything, the fact that there's going to be a transition period because with all due respect, they quite clearly don't know exactly how to handle a football club just yet. Mm-hmm. Um does, Ken. Well, no, but... <laughs> they do seem to be a little bit, I don't want to say shoddy, but naive. naive in terms of how they're handling the supporters sometimes, because people have been wanting this for so long and they've got these people eating out of their hands. And I think mm. they've got to tread very carefully with what they say yeah. and how they act. And not- they are young men as well. I keep forgetting that David Hayes, he's only in his mid thirties, isn't he? Uh, Salem Patel, I think he's not, uh, you know, he's only a few years either way on that. So it's, it's quite a young set of people who are coming in to, a massive football club with a huge fan base. And whilst I don't really like the idea of Ken hanging around, I do feel like I want somebody to say, stop being dickheads
4: on Twitter. Mm. Ken um, would say it exactly like that as well.
1: With the twats and The two problems with Ken hanging around, which we can get onto, I guess, is one, I've, my vision of him handling this transition period is him basically sitting in the boardroom and them coming in and say, Oh, well, we've uh, we've had this email from uh, Dan Moylan at a magazine called The Square. Bo- Wonka! <laughs> Don't deal with him! We'll <laughs> tell you everything about them. He killed dogs. There's uh, been nothing about Scone. Get the Moylan file. And, you know, he'll have all his. He'll basically. Um, it, it'd be like. Me, I really, really
2: hope Ken does have a file on me.
1: <laughs> It'll be like me hanging around after the square balls takeover, going through my book of petty grievances. Uh, right, I'm out. I'm, I'm resigning in uh, in in March. I'm becoming president, and we're only up to H. <laughs> We've got to work. So I'm a little bit worried about that aspect. And then the most annoying thing is that at the end of it, all he gets promoted to God of mm-hmm. Leeds United, God of Yorkshire.
4: The one hope with the president thing is that and also the chairman till the end of the year. Personally, I think, I hope, not think, I hope that they have done this to get the deal through, and now they're in, they will immediately begin a process of trying to crowbar him out and stop him having any involvement with anything ever again.
2: Because you do get the sense, don't you, that he's going to say, I want my programme notes, I want unfettered access to Yorkshire Radio, when in actual fact, the general uh, opinion on, on the social media seems to have been like, well, uh, listen to him, you know, spouting his mouth If He's got no power anymore. I should just shut up. And I can, you know, I
1: tend to agree. I'd like it confirmed that he has no power anymore.
2: But they're still in this transition phase, aren't they? And so yeah. until they've got 100% of the shares, signed sealed, tread carefully
4: around the crazy old man and, and I mean, let him do his thing for a bit. And once they've got him, I'd like to see them pettily destroy everything he's done. Well, that's Stand him. outside, <laughs> make him come down, come down to Howard's. We've got something to show you.
1: <laughs> Smashing it up. Smashing that horrible cladding. That's basically, that's almost what Abramovich did to him. And so it would be interesting to see if he's fallen for it again, because he had a role at Chelsea and Mm -hmm. Abramovich was like, oh no, you can stay on. Uh, I'll need you. Because I've only got Pussy Riot advising me, you know they they don't they've not really learnt the game. They're much more experienced. I'm now really going united have I'm, I'm going to have to look up who Pussy Riot are, you know. Okay, watch the news, man. Yeah. Um, That's going to look good, isn't it, in my Google search history? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> no, they, they said it on Radio Four because it's been such a big news story they've been saying, and the uh, uh, Russian protesters Pussy Riot have been uh, imprisoned after It's a great they're they're heroines of. Everybody, more heroin talk as well. Sorry, <laughs> Fantastic. but um, back anyway, on topic. back on topic. Abramovich kept him on, and then um, it was very quickly they organised a like a club dinner to celebrate 100 years of Chelsea. Ken not invited, and then his programme notes were uh, stopped. So um, Gartside, that wanker at Bolton, offered him. He let him write the Bolton programme notes for a game, which yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to get a copy of. So, the, so that's how Abramovich did it, and I would be amazed. And I wonder, I mean, if Abramovich hadn't done that and just let him hang on, he never he maybe never would have been bothering Sheffield Wednesday and ultimately haunted us. It's interesting, you know the thing, that the acid test, I think, obviously the acid test of GFHC
2: More drugs. is gonna be is gonna be LSD in the toilets. The January transfer window, isn't it? We're gonna see whether they really are capable of moving us on. Having said that, we've been feeding on scraps for so long now that anything is gonna look like a step in the right direction. However, it will be very interesting to see if they offer, for example, half season tickets, which I think is a great idea to get the attendance back up. Mm-hmm. Um, will they do that? Because that will fly massively in the face of Ken's policies about not making concessions
3: and so on and so on. Of selling next year's season tickets in January, not <laughs> yeah. half season tickets to fill it. Let's fill this season yeah. before we try and fill next season. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is it's c- already sold this season and next season anyway to somebody else. That's so true. Yeah. The club do need to get. More revenue in to offset some of those that loan that's already been
1: well. It is weird that uh, they said in the statement that GFH had been funding the club since the summer anyway. But in that time, we've been barely able to buy a player, and we've had to take out loans in several directions. Yeah, but if you keep, listen if you listen to Warnock's
2: interviews and he and he said, didn't he, that I think it might be even been his independent column once, he said that you've got on the one hand the old owner who's on his way out mm. who doesn't want to put any more money in. You've got the new guys coming in who have put some money in, but they're not just gonna chuck money at it when the deal's not signed and sealed. So we've we've had this big crossover period yeah. of
1: yeah of no investment. I just wonder why the the loan would come from the shirt sponsor instead of from Gfh! If they were
2: well, perhaps the assurances are. We've got new owners coming in; they'll pay you back in no time. Blah blah blah. blah you know. mm. It's all know.
1: it's it struck me as strange, but it will be because we've we've got to win the league yet, so we're going to have to try and spend some money.
3: Going back to Bates as well, the twenty mm. first is the date it's going to go through, which is just after the Chelsea game. It does worry me what he's going to say in his programme notes for the Chelsea game if he's going to have one last big cat fight with Abramovich, public cat fight, and drag us down.
2: Well, um, the FA charge we've already got that hanging over us, haven't we?
1: Yeah. So there is that to to bear in mind, and I think the the president thing—people saying he won't have any power and it's just as a figurehead—he'll be president of Leeds United. He will have that forever, and it's. I think if you look at Ken's history, so much of it has been about legacy. Uh, the British Virgin Islands in the 60s was going to be, you know, he had he bought an island and it was going to be like Rhodesia being named after Rhodes. I wouldn't have been surprised if he ended up calling it, you know, Batesland. That was the, that was the plan. It was going to be him on earth forever. Chelsea, he was building it all up. It was going to be him forever. A village. Chelsea village. He was involved with the national stadium and then he's come to Leeds and he's, he's too old now. He's got one last chance to cement him... St- His place in history forever, and if it's going to be as president of Leeds United, I'm personally furious. I just, I just want him excised from the record. That's the plan. And I, Scott, burn it down and sow the ground with salt, so nothing can ever grow there. That's how I feel about Ken Bates. I suspect,
2: I suspect that in due course that he will be removed from that. That's just my personal opinion. I think well, he will. he
4: is 82. Whether it be, I was going to say, whether
2: it be uh, Mother Nature or um, GFH decide to, you know, move things about a bit in the new year, mm. who knows, and maybe, you know, next season. But, or hopefully on the 22nd. Well, yes, it is very interesting to notice that the... Uh, I'd like them to change the locks. <laughs> see this, this office, that's not yours anymore. We've burned your desk. Um, the Supporters Trust, I was going to say, have been polling their members... And I know they've had over 2,000 responses, which is, a, <laughs> which is a great uptake on their uh, eight thousand thousand membership. And it'll be interesting to see what those results say about what their members feel
4: about Ken remaining. you got to remember, and, it's the yeah. silent majority that support Ken, though. The silent bit is very important. Yeah, they're not
1: going to re- reply to a survey. They, just, they get their kids to write in letters to him because they're mm. too too dignified just, to just themselves. They'll just
4: sit at computers shaking their
1: head. They won't even have computers. The take-up on your um, opinion, if you are on a computer. <laughs> the take-up on uh, the Lust survey is actually amazing to get two thousand out of eight thousand. Because what people say, they've just got oh, they've just got eight thousand people on an e- email list. Well, they, they have actually managed to get a massive movement of engagement by just asking a few questions, getting all the responses, and is see find out what the what the general attitude is. Because I guess we're all, I think you can probably tell, we're a little bit distrustful. And perhaps not totally impressed by our new owners and how they've acted before buying the club, and awaiting developments to see what they do. Yeah, I was going to say before judging them. But, and it's, but yeah, I was going to say we we are prepared to give them obviously the opportunity to impress us. If we win the league, I will be you know <laughs> sucking them off to high heaven.
2: The thing is, we uh, we don't need that much
4: doing to be impressed, do we? Really, just start acting like a football club. I oh, know, like a half million pound signing in January. I would be thinking, "Fucking hell!" Well, look at this. We haven't had one of them since Danny P.
2: <laughs> We've just had Christmas. It's come again. Imagine if we bought two or three players. Yeah, that, and and
1: you'd be thinking, "Well, bloody hell, this is the right sort of intention." And you know what? Good ones. That would be amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would really take it to the next level. Who else have Stoke reserves got? <laughs> well, we could get one of their first team.
4: Just to go back to go back to Ken. Actually, just, just His his latest bizarre sort of interview he did. I, my favourite bit of it was where he said, um, it's going to be evolution, not not revolution. It's the same thing, but just without one letter difference. And, and it, the end result's the same anyway. It just takes longer. It's not. <laughs> and and also I thought, so you're saying you're always better, Ken, because it takes longer to get the same result. And then he went, oh, and with a better result at the end, because <laughs> he obviously realised he just said something that was completely it, ridiculous. It was very
2: David Brent, wasn't it? Yeah. It was very David Brent, was that in fact. And actually the first sort of cracks of division have shown up a little bit already, haven't they? Like uh, there've been a few little digs from Bates towards Warnock and Warnock with a few very, uh, you know, sheeny sort of shiny, positive, but, thinly veiled digs back at Bates. Well, and the whole thing about uh, Jerome Thomas, that signing, that was very interesting because uh, Warnock said, didn't he, that they immediately stepped in and helped iron out a glitch and got the the, mm-hmm. the deal over the line on deadline day. And Bates has outright denied this being the case. So that's, it's just interesting to
1: see how it's going to develop. You can see the, the cracks as well between Ken and GFH with the fact that there were two different versions of the takeover statement. The one on the Leeds website that, that said that, that ended with Um, Ken Bates will remain as chairman and will become life president at the end of the season. And then the one on GFH's website, which... uh, didn't mention him. (laughs) (laughs) Left that part out. So I would be interested to know whether it was... uh, A statement was written and parts were taken out or a statement was written and parts were put in. But there were definitely two different versions of uh, the Leeds United takeover statement. It's going to be a harmonious time. I'm glad we can put all this division... An intrigue behind us and unite behind our uh, crotchety old president who uh, lives in Monaco and never owned up to who truly owned us, even though it was probably just him all along and some random old people. And our new, younger, um, equally shifty looking <laughs> um, people who would ten, 10 different people in, where are they? They're the Cayman Bahrain, Bahrain. Is it Bahrain? but yeah. Well, who's in Dubai? What well, what is in Dubai, but then th- th- they do their business through Nevis. I mean, Bates was having a go or somewhere about it. the takeover taking so long because they had lawyers in London. What, how, what are the connections between Nevis and Dubai and Bahrain and Leeds? It's, it's all about air miles, isn't it? Why can't they just live in Morley? On to
2: the final part of the podcast now, where we deal with all the stuff that's coming up, as well as other bits and bobs. Uh, such as the villain of the fortnight. We will come on to that next game up. Who are these lot? I'm not sure I've heard of these. Shagger Grayson and the dog Botherers. Is that a, a band from your
1: era, body? <laughs> you got their first 45. It'll be nice to see them. I, I believe um, the Huddersfield fans are quite looking forward to it. In fact, I spend a bit of time in Huddersfield now and then. And whenever I'm, when well, I think it's been like maybe the last six weeks, people keep asking me, are you coming to the game? No, I don't want to go. Of to just feel stay in civilization. We have it, we have indoor sanitary wear, and yeah, I can oh. have I can have a piss and listen to it on the radio. And I, I know what. I haven't got time to explain it now. It's like but, a wax cylinder. But the the, the the yeah the anticipation has been uh, has been palpable.
4: I'm feeling more optimistic than I was about this because they got beaten three 0 last night. Yeah, but and the and wasters will have had one eye on this game. That's why. Mm. Although they did have Clayton and Southern suspended. Yeah, Southern's yeah. out, isn't he for Saturday? As is, is Clayton. Is suspended, I think. I think Clayton's
1: back. Clayton's. I think he's suspended. I heard Beckford's injured and Clayton's suspended, which sounds like a pact to me. Yeah. Good on them. Good lads. They know. They Huddersfield fan I
4: spoke to today said so Clayton was back, but he may have been wrong.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, how many brain cells? I was going to say that
2: they can barely read, can they? So it, we don't win these games, and it's about time we did. Yes. Really. Let's yes. get it
4: sorted.
3: We've overturned some hoodoo's this, this season.
1: Yeah. Well, it's not a Tuesday night. It's interesting with Huddersfield losing badly. On a Tuesday night, whether the the curse has travelled with philandering Simon,
2: um, and maybe the the Saturday lunchtime thing will remove a little bit of the venom from their idiotic fans. I doubt it. <laughs>
1: no, I think uh, since the Sheffield Wednesday game, they've been right up for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it, it, it is got, I think it is going. I think it is going to be um, make like say funny names at the Leeds fans' day, winding us up. I'm trying to think. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. But they use the sticks and the stones to build their houses with. <laughs> in <Mothersfield. laughs> So we'll just have to stick to calling us names, I think. Well,
2: it's that we get yids, don't we? We get Leeds, but with six 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 instead of two e's and a d. Things like that.
4: What do fans are obsessed with calling us yids? Yeah. No one else ever calls mm.
2: it apart from Huddersfield fans. It's strange. Anyway, their last six, spinning different. One, two, drawn, two, lost, two. Scored six, conceded eight. Good old Grayson, eh? Hey. <laughs> um, and they've got eight points out of those games, if you can do the maths. Currently fourteenth in the form table, so they are by no means in form at the minute. I assume we're top of the form of table. Of course we're not. If we take the last two games. games. Yeah. If you take it on the last two, the two games, the two-game form are, table. Yeah, the two-game form table is brilliant. Uh, however, we are eighteenth when you measure it over the last six games. But we know we mm. we've had this watershed moment.
1: Well, we're billionaires now, as we keep saying. Fact. We don't know whose billions they are, but yes. You could buy Huddersfield.
2: (laughs) The whole place. Well, we almost did, didn't we? They wouldn't have had a football team if it wasn't for some silly ideas that people came up with back in the day. Are we going to win?
1: Nah. I think it's going to be a high-scoring draw. A
2: 2-2 or a 3-3? Yeah,
1: Yeah. one of those, yes. Maybe even a 4-4. There's going to be a lot of goals.
2: You think so? Because we've not been in too many... High scoring matches this season, uh, part exactly f- from one or two.
1: So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like the uh, the levy breaking. And then we'll go to Derby and it'll be 0-0. Mm,
2: interesting. I mean, what do you reckon to, to Clough Jr.? Again, we've had a terrible recent record at, at Pride Park. Another lunchtime kickoff, which might um, soften things a little bit. They're, again, just above us in the form table. So, again, they're by no means in form. 1-2, drawn one, lost three, scored 11. Con- sorry, I've not put the stats here on the sheet, have I? Uh, scored 11 conceded make, a, n- a number that I'm not sure just make it up yeah, yeah. conceded <laughs> some goals yeah so was that changed on police advice well, possibly they normally
1: are these days aren't they yeah well, we'll come on to that um, in a while but, I know um, next to nothing about Derby County anymore Derby
4: are picky they are picky with Derby games they always they've reduced their allocations there before as well and stuff for standing yeah. Standing, even though causing absolutely no trouble did we all go last, year, last season
3: or season before? Season, season before, before was. It? It's been it's that
4: long. Shagger Grayson
2: lies. was there. It's when we, yeah, when we had, right. um, what's his face in midfield, Livermore and uh, and Banan.
4: Yeah,
1: good times. Barry Banan. I <laughs> liked him. Um, I never you've...
4: thought Livermore would play for England, having seen him that night. That's well, strange. Well, do
1: you remember Adam Johnson? Neat. But, but
2: people have used this as a, as a means to turn around and say, well, look, oh, Grayson was rubbish when he didn't know what to do. He couldn't, couldn't
1: handle players. It was just things weren't right at the time, it's were they? Because they would. But children, when we had them here, <laughs> they're not ready. Um, in the new issue of The Square Ball, there's an absolutely fantastic bit of work by, um, I think it's Amitai Winehouse wrote this. It's an interview between Kevin Blackwell, interviewing uh, Kevin Blackwell. And it's got a wonderful part where um, Kevin asks Kevin, would you say you're a modern day Jesus? And Kevin uh, replies at length. In the end, he dismisses uh, Jesus Concluding that ultimately he'll be looked back on like Nigel Clough, a dull child living in his mad dad's shadow.
5: <laughs>
1: I just sort of throw that, that bit of work from uh, I think it was Winehouse that wrote that. Um, as a, it's all I could think of when I saw that Clough Junior's yeah, a dull child living in his mad dad's shadow. Because Derby, I know, I think he's trying to build it out of their youth team. Because um, I don't think they're giving him any money. But I've just lost completely lost all oh, interested in them as a football team it's like a burton he was there for about 30 years and <laughs> did approximately nothing and then you got paul pesky salido in and everything became sexy Yes. Yeah, so i don't really know anything about it. i know that derby's kits have their um sponsors logo very high on the shirt which i like it's like the fulham ones where they put them right right over the top and put the badge almost on the shoulder i quite like that well, is the danger in these two
2: games is that we're up against two teams that are generally up for it against us? I
1: think The danger with Derby is the unknown quantity. I don't know what they'll have or what they'll do. Yeah, but they hate us, so I suppose they want to beat us.
2: My fear here is purely statistical and the element of chance in that we've won two games on the bounce. Could we possibly win four on the bounce? <laughs> it's a big ask. There would be incredible mm. scenes. Would you take two draws out of these considering they're both two reasonably difficult aways, or do you think four points would be a good achievement? I think four would be all right. I'd take a win and a draw.
1: Is that your prediction? Yes. Because you want prediction five. Last good. You want five points from these two <laughs> games. Okay.
4: Good luck with that. <laughs> I should be going down William Hill this very <laughs> evening to put that bet on.
2: Uh, what do you reckon, Oddie? Do you think we can get uh, five points or, or more? No, I don't. How many do you, think, what do you think we'll get out of these two?
3: I'd like a win at Huddersfield and i take a win at Huddersfield and a, a defeat at Derby
1: oh you do that trade yeah you really hate Huddersfield don't you
3: I hate them hating us in a, in a daft way because I don't normally care what people think about it I like the fact that people do hate us I know what
2: you mean you mean you want to basically beat them to put them back in the box yeah yeah, yeah. I know what you mean Oscar what do you reckon how many points are we going to get
1: we're not going to get six we're not going to get five <laughs> Um <I do. laughs> a bonus I, point I think it's I think it'll be I think we'll draw at Huddersfield and beat Derby, or I think a, I think a draw at Huddersfield is nailed on. I'm going to get all the money I have and bet it on on that result.
3: Yeah, stick another fifty p on as well, will you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's your birthday money. I oh. can't have that. I don't care about my rent, but your birthday. <laughs> but then Derby, I think it could go. It could go either way, uh, mm. but it'll probably be a, a defeat.
2: All right, and well on the horizon after that, we've got the Ipswich match at home. Somebody called Chelsea on the Wednesday after that. And then it's Christmas, pretty much, with Borough at home. So three home games on the bounce after this. So it's worth remembering that we've got a, probably a, a stronger opportunity to pick up points in the games that follow. But yeah, I'm, I'd take I'd take six points and I'll settle for four.
1: Or five.
2: Yeah, or five. <laughs> uh, Ken Bates, villain of the fortnight. Who are we going to nominate for this fortnight? What's Ken getting nominated
1: for? Becoming president. Having, having here. No, yeah. Nobody voted for him. How does he become president? Concessions, my friend. Concessions. We've never had concessions. Why does he
4: get concessions? We used
2: to have a lovely Chinese food concession in the East Stand concourse, didn't we? I remember that, yeah. yeah. I was always a fan of getting a chips and curry sauce, maybe even some fried rice. Do do exactly,
4: uh, Quite a traditional Chinese dish then. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened to Sean Harvey, by the way? Because he used to get nominated as someone who could win this on Ken's behalf. I've not heard him mentioned. He's, he's been put back in his box, hasn't he? It I think so. Or...
1: He, yeah, he was, he was everywhere at the start of the summer and then I think uh, Ken's elbowed him out of the way.
3: But he pulled this deal back together.
1: And Ken didn't like.
2: I would personally like to nominate the Sun journalist who named Leeds fans as part responsible for the uh, the Lazio versus Spurs knife attacks,
4: mm-hmm. which it turns out were perpetrated by Roma fans. Who knew? Mm. No. Very bizarre that that yeah. that, that they had written that in. Is it was it based purely on us having a similar kit? At one stage.
2: And we're both manufactured by Macron at the moment, so.
4: Because I was not aware of any link ever at any point in history between the two. We played each other once. It was as close a link as I could as I could fathom. I think it
2: was probably some sort of, it was an anecdotal thing, wasn't it? One person might have said, oh, well, Leeds were there and so are West Ham.
4: Or they've just made it up. Oh, I'm sure Leeds, yeah. some Leeds fans were probably in Rome.
1: I've been in Rome. I on, was in Rome on the night of a Rome Derby once there and we you were go. told under no circumstances to try and go because it would be mental and we'd probably get stabbed. So we watched it in a bar with a load of Roma fans and it was actually it was a really good uh, a really good time. We were drinking special brew because in the <laughs> fridge in this bar they didn't Are you a tramp?
4: So when, when you say <laughs> Although, when you say bar, were you in kind of under a motorway with a
3: no, it was but a. Lo- by cans, did you mean paper bag?
1: No, it was a lovely cafe. Laying on a piece of cardboard. It was a lovely, sort of ca- small cafe style bar. And the guy took us there. And instead of having the fridges behind the bar, they had them just in the room as if it was like a Coke fridge. You just get one out and take it over and buy it. Modrugs. drugs references. You look through the selection. The, the Italian guy who, who took us in there, he straight away was like, can a special brew out? And he's like, oh, yeah, strong beer. And i was like, yeah, but it's disgusting. And it's, like, it's like, no, but it's treated like a premium ale. You know, at least they brew real ale now for strength. It was like... I use special brew to clean was. my drains. Well, when we thought... When and you, that's not a euphemism. When in when in Rome. So we had a, a can of special brew each. and then the, When in Rome, then, Rome drinks, <laughs> drink what British <laughs> tramps drink. And then we moved on to the... the so then the then the you went to the stuff. station
2: and started begging people for enough change to get home.
1: So um, so that journalist is nominated. Oddie's car and or daughter. No, I'm <laughs> going to
3: spin this round now. I'm going to blame Dan. Oh, Oh, that's interesting. Because
1: to rewind slightly, um, Ozzy was going to give me a lift into town after the game, along with uh, the internet's Lee coward. And um, (laughs) we were all set to go, very happy. We left the rain outside um, until the uh, car would not start. And we then had to bring the rain inside and we were rescued.
3: How was this my fault? Backtrack a couple of hours. Whilst Michael and I were selling the magazine, Izzy, my eldest daughter, accompanied the game with us. She stayed in the car, listening to her iPod music on all during the game. No, up till kickoff. That's neglect.
4: He left not. the window open an inch. <laughs> yeah,
3: she had a bag of crisps. <laughs> Clearly, she'd left the radio on, listening to that Dan Moylan off of Radio Air.
2: Ah, right. Oh, that sounds
3: like a good idea. <clears> yeah. So back to the car. I took her out of the car and decided to take her to the ground. Unlocked her. Unlocked her. <laughs> Unchained, <laughs> went to the ground. God, I hope your wife's not listening to this. I know. Yeah, so I, I blame you, Dan Moylan, for flattening your battery. Hang on a
2: second. Ca- you, Don't you drive a French car? I do. Can't we just blame the French?
1: Yeah, go Are them. you French? No. You let's French? N- let's, no, let's not start that. <laughs> do you again. have a French car?
2: I do have a French car, yes. It's a reliable family type diesel that has two uh, comfortable child seats in the back.
1: We were rescued.
3: We were rescued by Dave Thornton. So thank you, Dave. So who are we nominating to are,
1: are the French? And me, I think yeah, and- you you're part of the blame. If you perhaps had a more, I'm essentially a collaborator. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and me. Any other final nominations then? Uh,
1: the police, the oh,
2: the police, the police,
1: the fi- Johnny Law, the Five O. Feds. Uh, because I haven't even, I haven't taken Large. it taken it all in today, but um, I noticed that it appears that all of our remaining fixtures have been moved to nine o'clock in the morning at Elland Road <laughs> because uh, <laughs> uh, the suspicion is that it goes back to the court case at Leeds United 1, where we said you're charging too much for uh, policing these games. And so the police have said, well, we can do it cheaper, but we'll have to do it in the morning. Sunday evenings. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have to do it at a quieter, cheaper time. So, yeah, it looks like all our remaining fixes are going to be kicking off at lunchtime, which uh, is no fun at all because I never know what to do with myself after a, a lunchtime kickoff. Turned out on the streets of Leeds at three o'clock, go and have a pint, and then the next thing I know, it's Sunday, and I'm in, wandering down a railway track somewhere. Having with...
2: watched the X Factor results. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Um, any other nominations? Adam Smith's soft
4: face. It's a half hearted nomination. Yeah, he's not going to win it, is he? <laughs> no. And do you know what?
2: I don't think we should even mention the Millwall fans and their tedium. So let's not Adam Smith's, just write this down. Soft face. So a quick uh, recap of that. We've got Ken for daring to stay as president. The Sun journalists do blah, blah, blah uh, in the Spurs knife attacks. Uh, The French for manufacturing on his car and me for... Running the battery
1: down with your boring voice.
4: My voice, yeah.
2: I'm not sure I can be held responsible for your... Trust
1: as you can. Okay.
2: It's quite a a
4: week, a week, week... Of nominations, normally mm. there's a standout candidate, and apart from Ken, who can't win it,
2: the mm. police as well are in there for um they're faffing with our fixtures and Adam Smith's soft face. Uh, who we having winning this? It's gonna be me, isn't it? Uh,
1: yeah, have you won it before?
2: I, yeah, I have. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to win it. I I, I, well, I can't give it to my daughter. <sighs> give it to the French. Let's give it to the French.
1: Olivier De Pierre Laurent, Eric Cantona. Uh,
2: you see, there's your link. right? Why didn't he yeah. make a better
1: car? Cantona.
2: <laughs> Congratulations, the French. You win the Ken Bates Villain of the Fortnight Award for this fortnight. It's a bit of a crap one, isn't it? This fortnight, really, that one.
4: It's weak. It's
1: yeah. weak. Things it's are weak. going too weak, well. Like yeah. the French. We-, we look forward to the day when we can nominate GFH Capital. <laughs>
2: And finally, then, on to the magazine. Issue four is out now.
4: Tell me about the cover, first of
1: all. Cover.
4: I believe we've copied this cover from the the Whitby Town (laughs) fanzine.
1: Most of the content as well, to be fair. Yeah, it turns
4: out it's already been ripped off. I mean, admittedly, the whole thing is a rip-off of the Sex Pistols. Never mind um, the bollocks cover. Never mind the bollocks cover. Um, But the idea has already been stolen by the Whitby Town fan scenes. <laughs> to
1: so they were absolutely upfront about it. Oh, they were, yeah. Yeah. Although they did say it was inspired by our cover rather than just stolen, stolen. from. yeah. <laughs> as, as I believe um, they got one of... Uh, like we
3: were inspired by the Sex Pistols.
1: Yes. Yeah, this is true. When yeah, we, when we stole I'm, it first.
4: When yeah. I'm copying DVDs at home, though, <laughs> I don't say I'm being inspired. <laughs> this this copy of the DVD is inspired oh. by Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, well. so we've gone
3: from issue three, which was a, a nod to an 80s fanzine, to um, a blatant rip-off of a 70s album cover. So something, God knows what we're
1: going to get for Christmas. Something 60s style. Going even Not, further back. Big picture of uh, Marianne Faithful.
2: Just very quickly, then give Eating us a, bit a quick bath. rundown of the the content that's in there.
1: and Well, be- I don't want to because Whitby might be listening. Um, <laughs> there's a poem you don't get that in Whitby town. And there's um, Eamon Dalton has reviewed Anthony Cleveain's new book. There's um, a review, and then um, Andy P has reviewed uh, Rob Endicott's book. Um, Wayne from Beaten Generation has written about a painting. Um, there's very little Leeds United content. <laughs> It's all painting and art and Athletico Bilbao um, by James Thompson. But trust us, you've just got to, you should know by now that this is all the best Leeds United related content that we can possibly offer you. So when we tell you there is a poem, an article about a painting, um, there's pictures of a Norwegian boy meeting David Weatherall, Kevin Blackwell interviewing himself, and comparisons between uh, Adam Jubb, and El Hedge Chief. No, he's not compared himself. Adam Jill wrote it comparing um, El Hadjiouf to the Book of Revelations. You just got to go with us and trust us that it is as good as you should reasonably expect it to be there's <laughs> also, for one pound fifty.
4: There's also a match report for Leeds United one, Charleston Athletic and Birmingham City two, yes. which you wrote Moscow, <laughs> which <laughs> is which is a single sentence, five hundred and sixty um, words. Just buy it and
1: read it. It's It's only a quid if you get the PDF.
4: Yeah, Yeah, we'll
2: get issue five out um, in time for Christmas details. Keep an eye on the squareball.net. You can buy it on there in both the PDF digital form, £1, or the paper copy, £1.50 plus P&P, or at the games, just your £1.50, unless you want us to post it up Ellen Road, in which case we'll have to charge you.
1: Are we accepting mail orders (coughs) in person? No. I'll buy it. You have to post it to me. (laughs) What if they bring a stamped addressed envelope? Then it's acceptable, to... but a bit of a pain in the ass. I'll be honest, yeah. I'd rather people didn't.
3: We could just give them a magazine and tell them to go fuck off to a post box <laughs> and stick it in there and save us the trouble. Excellent stuff. Just on another note as well, <laughs> uh, I know I, I very rarely mentioned that it was my birthday for the Palace game, but the very kind people who brought some presents, uh, you're fucking mental. Um, <laughs> especially uh, bo- Jim a bo-
4: Ogden. A box of Yorkie bars, uh, I believe. Where are they?
3: Did I
1: forget them again? Forgot uh, to mention them on Saturday.
3: Uh, Jim Ogden. Who bought me a bag of
4: Worthers? <laughs> you fucking. B- <laughs> you, you should know his teeth aren't up these days.
2: <laughs> hey, listen, we've got to wrap it up then, so we'll say goodbye. Uh, don't forget to get in touch. Podcast at the is the email address. Tweet at the squareball. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash the squareball. Uh, we'll return in a couple of weeks. And ta I think, from me and Michael. Cheerio. And Moscow. Bye bye. And old man Oddy. Bye bye. Thank you very much for listening. We'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast,
1: supported by thegeltedn.com.